Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I have a returning guest in a slightly different role than when we've spoken to him before. Welcome back, James Bowl. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's exciting to be back in a new role. It is, and you've got to, to give away. We're actually doing video on this one, so we'll see how it goes. We, we might do it again. We may never never to be repeated, um, but we'll put that on the, the YouTube channel. You've got a Rethink Jumper on, so um, there's a bit of a giveaway. A rethink Jumper. I've done my hair. I've had a shave. You know, I've, I really prepared for video, so if it doesn't get onto YouTube, I'll be very disappointed. I, I didn't do my hair because there's none of it, and um, <laughs> I haven't got my Rethink Jumper on, so I'm ill ill prepared, and I haven't had a shave either. So <laughs> you're far, far more prepared than me. So um, some of you might have seen the LinkedIn post. So James is now, um, which is great for us, love working with James, only for a long time. Only downside is he's an Oxford fan, but all comes out in the wash, doesn't it, James, with, with uh, recent results? Um, wins I'm you lose, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm used to losing more than I'm winning, but there we go. Uh, so James is our Head of uh, Insights and Data Development here at Rethink. Great great addition to the team. You've kind of worked with Sue in a, in a previous life, haven't you, a number of years ago. Um, we've, we've known each other for a while. So uh, great that James is joining us. Do you want to, I suppose, elaborate on the role a bit more, James, and, and tell us about... Um, first couple of months in the business? Yeah, well, I'd love to. Um, so uh, eagle-eyed listeners, or I'm not sure that works, but people who've been listening uh, to the Productivity Podcast for a few years will have heard me here before as uh, the culture builder, talking about purpose and, and culture. Um, and for the last five years, I've been running my, my business purposeful with a culture builder. And many years ago, I helped rethink uh, productivity to find a purpose for your business. Um, so working with the wider rethink team with, with Sue and Simon, we came up with, um, uh, with a purpose statement of, uh, rethink exists to collect great data to surface insights to create better decisions and discover opportunities for positive change. Um, and I loved working with, with rethink. I'd known Sue from my time in customer experience. So I've worked, uh, 25 years now nearly in market research, customer experience and employee engagement. Um, uh, my paths crossed with both of you over that time. And I've always been driven by the idea that I might be able to use data or, or use data analysis to turn on a light so other people can find their way. Um, and my career essentially has been a quest to, to do that where it started in market research. I was helping people understand how their brands were perceived, how their advertising was doing. I worked in 10 years in customer experience, helping people understand how their customers felt. And that's where um, I first met Sue. Uh, she was a client at, when she worked at Boots and then we worked together. And then in the last five years, collecting data and helping people understand how engaged their employees are and what makes their business special and then turning that into purpose statement and, and values for their for their businesses um but that's why i'm looking forward to working at, at rethink really so you know i've got three main responsibilities at rethink and they're all related to using data to help turn on a turn on a light for for people firstly i have to ensure um that we produce terrific insights for our clients. So when Rethink Productivity works with an organization, we want to make sure that the, the insights we're providing really hit the mark in a way that, that that data can live in the organization. So I'm I'm responsible for helping Sue make sure that happens. Secondly, supporting the wider Rethink team to, to get upskilled and to continue to, to do that, whether that's in Excel training, PowerPoint training, uh, whether that's in data analysis and the way we think about data, whether that's understanding client needs. And thirdly, the what the area that's kind of really exciting, we might talk about a bit um, bit over the course of the next next kind of half an hour, is this idea that 
the way people consume data is changing, the way people want to gather their insights is changing, and how do we take advantage of and and exploit advancements in in how uh, data can be analysed and presented to make uh, to help our clients make better decisions. And it's a really exciting mix of responsibilities for me because it's enabling me to use my skills to make a difference for for others, which obviously is really is really great. But it's also stretching me, taking me, and taking us into into new areas, new technologies, new ideas. Which um, yeah, I just I just love doing. Good. No, and we're, we're delighted you're on, you're on board. Um, not only for the kind of football chat, but <laughs> certainly for for all the data things. And and I suppose thinking back, I was talking to Sue the other day, and I know we spent some time out this week where we started out as a productivity company or a data capture company, whatever you want to call it. But, but more and more, we, we're a data company. Um, data is powerful, gives amazing insights, tells people things that they think they knew, tells people things that they didn't know, confirms ideas, busts some myths and, and legends mm. that are out there. So, so more and more data is the, the epicenter of, of everything we do from how do we capture it in a, in a simple way, but still give complexity how do we ensure it's in good shape for analysis? How do we analyze, benchmark, um, streamline that capture piece? So data is Im- important to everybody, I think, in the world. Probably one of the most, I think I read an article the other day that data to some degree is more valuable than gold in, in modern society because of, of the power. But uh, data-rich information poor is is a saying that's banded around a lot or insight poor in, in our world. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, because because data is clearly your passion, broad statement, but put some meat on the bone. Um, data data is important, but but why? I know it links back to our purpose. But for for people listening that think, well, I've got loads of data, loads of dashboards, yeah. um, loads of KPIs or PIs. If you've got more than two or three, why is it important? So. I think I'd come back on a couple of things you you say before I answer that. And the first is so the analogy that I've that, that I first heard maybe about ten years ago is that data is the new oil. Um, but that analogy works really well because oil, obviously oil is pretty much useless in any, unless you refine it and turn it into other products. And that's the same with data. Like having loads of data is 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 actually worse than having no data in some cases because you don't know where to start. And just you know to show how cool I am. I was on the uh, Market Research Society summer school in 2004, um, where, uh, you know, as a young market researcher, we, it was drummed into us every day. The, the mantra we were taught was, it's, it's about insight, not data. Um, and so that's kind of where my my passion is, really, is, is, is turning that data into something that people can do something with. So it's data to insight to action is, is the journey you want to go through. Um, the truth is that... Um, like data is everywhere, right? I mean, if you're thinking about your your business and its productivity, if you're thinking about how you treat your customers, if you think about your brand, data is all around you. There are anecdotes that customers tell, anecdotes that your team tell, anecdotes that that that, that people can observe on, on your business. There are conversations people are having about you. There's quantitative data that you might collect on purpose or by accident. And there's stuff that's out there in the in the in the world through social media, um, in press, in print, on TV, all this kind of stuff. Data is just absolutely everywhere about everything that you um, that you need to to manage in your business, and um, turning that data into something that you can use so that you can make sensible decisions that improve your business or improve your improve lives of your customers, whatever it is. 
that is is the key and that's why data is so important because it is everywhere and the organizations and the people that are um, skilled at collecting it understanding it organizing it and using it are the ones that have a competitive advantage over over others because they can make better decisions uh, that align them better with their customers that save them money that help them be more um, productive and so whether it's analyzing like customer preferences or market trends operational performance metrics data enables people to make strategic choices that can drive drive growth and improvement for individuals and for for businesses and that that's why it's so so key um but like oil being everywhere underneath the earth's crust you know you've got to get at it and you've got to refine it before it can be particularly useful and i think you you mentioned a good point there people people have lots of data and you know we won't name names but clearly we work with lots of organizations lots of different industries primarily retail hospitality manufacturing kind of pharmacy mm-hmm. and i was in a conversation last week where somebody was talking about their 50 kpis and the kind of people in the room that weren't from that organization all kind of we had a bit of a glance around and were like 50 kpis so how can you have 50 key things that must be really difficult to manage because you throw in 50 bits of data at me in various different dashboards. They talked about Power BI, Tableau, yeah. um, different databases. Um, and our kind of challenge back was they're performance indicators. They're not key performance indicators. So the, you must have seen in historic uh, world and clearly what you're doing now, people like data. It comforts them in some respects, but there can also be data data overload, which is difficult yeah. to cut through. Uh, yeah, yeah, completely. And I think particularly if you're not careful, you can find data that contradicts other data and you can just end up in a world of um, uh, paralysis by analysis. You're just uh, overanalyzing everything and finding contradictory, contradictory opinions all the time. So, I mean, bringing a couple of strands together. So for the last five years, I've been helping organizations build culture um, and always use the metaphor in terms of like, if you were building a house, you need to build strong foundations, then you build the superstructure, then you put a roof on and then you start adding power and everything and so on. Uh, unfortunately, um, most businesses don't build their cultures in the way that you would build a house when you do it. They don't dig deep foundations. They just throw up some walls, dig a pond in the garden and start selling stuff and, and hope it hope it works. In the metaphor, I always compared kind of uh, performance indicators, KPIs to the to the roof. It's what keeps people inside, what keeps people safe, what, what helps people know where they are. Um, if you have too many performance indicators, it's too big for the it's too big for the um, for the for the walls and everything collapses. And like you can talk the best game in the world about what's important to you as a business. If you're measuring the wrong things, that that sends a, a message to your team about what's really important. And so, uh, if you are, yeah, if you're a business and you have 50 key performance indicators, firstly, that's too many. But secondly, also, what's really important to you as a business? Like, how are you actually going to stand out as a brand and succeed as an organization and fulfill your strategy? But it's not by chasing 50 things at once. It's by doing two or three things brilliantly. And your KPIs should be aligned behind that and, and sorting it out. And it's the whole the whole kind of principle around OKRs is take more wood and put it into fewer arrows so you can approach those with more, with more power. Um, and so bringing those things together, it's that's the, the beauty of analysis and the thing that I'm really enjoying about working with a, a rethink because we could just collect data and we could, we could say, well, here are four or five benchmarks and 
you know, you're spending too much time um, on task and process, spend more time with your customers. But actually, we need to understand the, the brand, what it's trying to achieve, and what makes it special to its customers. Because it, at its at its root, productivity is about enabling businesses to efficiently delight their customers. And every brand is different and has a different brand promise, makes a different brand promise to its customers. They have a different way of fulfilling it, and we need to understand that and then analyze data in the right way in order to help them um, move that forward rather than just throw a load of a load of data at them. Like, you know, if, if we go out into a into a store and our analysts spend 50 days in store, we could give any client loads of data, but it's not going to help them make the right decisions for their brand unless it's organized and put into some sort of context for them. So data clearly important, but the cut through of, you know, what's it telling you? What insights is it delivering? What are the, I suppose, the calls to action, which is ultimately where most organisations want to get to, don't they, is the the so what. So you've got all this stuff, great, disseminate it down into some key themes, some key pillars, some key timelines, some key opportunities. Mm. Um, So that we're in now to more of the why, so the the why data matters. And Mm. should it always be linked to purpose or are there times when – Actually, it's it standalone. It, it feels in our world um, that a lot of the time it links back to our purpose. So offering people insights to kind of deliver opportunities and then it becomes a choice. So is it a cost thing? Is it an experience thing? Is it a customer thing? Is it a blend of all of all mm-hmm. three um, most of the time, I'd say? So, yeah, is it does it always have to be linked to the, the purpose in the, the why the data matters or actually is there more or or less times when it can be more of a standalone situation. No, no, it, it can be standalone, but I think that I think the decisions that that you make with that data always relate to a wider strategy, which should always be aligned to your values and, and purpose. Like um, I know you say when we were together the other day, you were telling a good story about a, a brand who had a very clear brand promise about their product, saying it's always going to be handmade. Um, but until they had the data of how much that promise actually cost the business. You know, it's it's just an an idea, and so you know, you can collect a lot of data. It can stand alone, but it's in the context of what we stand for as a brand that I think the decisions are 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 most powerful. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, data is just a commodity until it's turned into insight, and then it becomes valuable. And when that insight becomes action, and that action is aligned with a brand's character you know what customers want from a brand then it becomes truly valuable and i think that's that's where we want to help our clients to get to and back to that kind of i'm seeing people say you always tell good stories which i I don't i think they're relevant at the time but then sometimes out of context not but that one was relevant at the time um that really without naming the brand i think challenged their core values is probably the right word of, of some of the things they stood behind, not in a way that says your business model has been wrong, but almost in a way that says with the current climate, we've talked, talked and talked on these podcasts before around ability to recruit, ability to retain national living wage costs, which are, are really tricky for lots of organizations to manage and will be ongoing for, for the foreseeable. If that makes you challenge your purpose and tweak it, even change it and all, all the things that underpin it that's not for me a sign of defeat or weakness um 
I think that's just good business management. And, you know, in the news this week, unfortunately, Body Shop have, in the UK are kind of going to disappear in trouble. Um, we've seen Debenhams go, we've seen Wilco's go, we've seen my old organisation Focus disappear years ago, Blockbuster Video. Well, yeah, we could keep reeling them off, couldn't we, Woolworths? And some of that makes me wonder if they were too stuck to their purpose, but to some degree, if, if some of them mm-hmm. had one. Um, that in the end was was such a big thing that they couldn't change that it kind of took them down. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that I think that makes makes sense. I mean, the truth about um, human psychology is that people don't like people tend to ignore data if it contradicts what they already believe, and people tend to like data and they like stories that confirm what they already uh, believe. In that respect, <clears throat> you know, if you are collecting data or you have data in your organization that tells a, a shocking story or a story that's that's different to what people believe particularly at senior management level you need to handle that data very carefully and build a story around it before people will listen to it you know people say oh you know we make data-based decisions and evidence-based decisions but the truth is people just get on evidence that that tells them they're wrong so you do need to handle it carefully and that's why you know, so obviously at, at Rethink, we collect a lot of data, we contextualize it, organize it and put it into presentations and, and talk to people about it. I think there's always going to be an element of consulting and an element of storytelling in what we do, because you can't, you can't just dump a load of data on someone, even if you've turned it into the best insights in the world, if it contradicts their values and their beliefs. And, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in any of those organizations that, have, that, have, that you mentioned that have gone by the wayside but somewhere in those organizations someone will have known that the writing was on the wall um, and that the challenges were there but it's getting people to understand it and figure out what they can you know help them help them figure out what to do and inspire them to do something with it that's the challenge yeah no, I, on a personal note i always think it's entertaining on things like linkedin when there's a sway of messages saying oh, isn't it a shame so and so's happened and you think well Ultimately, as consumers, we voted with our feet for whatever reason, not relevant to me, not relevant to my family, product not relevant to expensive, not a good, good quality, whatever, not to go there over a number of years. Yet we all feel disappointed that this, this institution has, has disappeared off the high street. It, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can love what a brand stands for, but it, you know, you might not be in its target market or it might not be relevant to you. I think Body Shop you know, got a lot of flack when – uh, L'Oreal bought it because were, were L'Oreal's values properly aligned with it and um, when Anita Roddick died you know did it did it lose some of its core the truth is you know I love what the brand stood for was it relevant to my life <laughs> yeah. was I a customer no not really um, yeah and every every pound or every dollar you spend is a is a vote is a vote of confidence in, in in a brand saying that I want this brand to continue it delivers something that I need and unfortunately um, you can you can absolutely love what a brand stands for without necessarily uh, wanting to vote for it every day. And that doesn't, unfortunately, keep the lights on for them, does it? No. No, and, you know, sorry, I, I realise I've gone a bit off topic from your original question, but, like, you know, another story that, that we've been talking about recently is about um, an organisation where uh, the team had been complaining about a process that they had to complete manually every day. They'd been complaining about it for years and years. Um, and the brand had or you know the the, the organization had, had traditionally kind of uh not listened to these complaints because it seemed petty or it didn't seem important uh, 
Rethink were able to go in. This is actually just before I started full time at Rethink, but Rethink went in and, and observed the process and saw how long it takes in, in all of their locations every day and were able to put a pound value on that manual process. And very quickly that the brand started to, to listen to those complaints and uh, have been able to automate it, I believe, or are looking at automating it. So a small project that cost a fraction of the price it was, it was costing them. Um, uh, every year in, in running the manual process and it's making the business more efficient because it's saving that um, salary or people are able to focus on more efficient things but it's also making the people's lives better the people that had to conduct the process every day manually they hated it they've been talking about it for years um, and it's going to mean that they can focus on more important things and add more value for customers and so it's a win-win-win situation yeah. but that data existed in the organization already. It was just, it was in the form of anecdotes. Um, and so it needed a second source of data to bring it to life and to corroborate it. And that's often what you find with, with data and insights as well in, in my experiences. And it's a bit like this in your, your personal relationships, you know, you, uh, uh, speaking for myself, my wife might tell me something, um, five times. So I don't listen to her. And then I, uh, happen to be walking to school with a friend and they mention it. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, that is a good idea. You know, it's always the second person that tells you something that, that convinces you it's a good idea. And I think, you know, that's the, that's the truth of a lot of the data that the organizations collect is they already knew or they already kind of half believed the, the stuff that it, that it's telling them, but it's, you know, it's only once you've got it from two or three angles that you will finally take action on it. And, um, you know, that's, that's where the stories that you tell us are useful because it can, it can trigger something that everyone already knows. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's another reason why I love kind of the, the anecdotal stuff that, that our analysts collect when they're out on, on site, because um, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of employees get, uh, have great ideas about their businesses, but get dismissed as moaning. Um, and then when somebody from the outside comes in and uh, observes the same thing um, and backs it up with some data, it, it can really transform the way people feel about it. So we've got our new product on the back of that. It's called Record My Wife and it sits on your phone and it records everything that somebody says to you. And at the end of the day, it says these were the things that X person told you just, just for reference, please remember. So I think well, that's, I, um, that's a I top suspect 10. There probably is. Yeah. There probably is an AI co-pilot for marriages that, um, uh, remember, yeah. I remember husband or wife or partner or whatever has told you this three times now, maybe go out and seek some additional evidence to, to before you dismiss it anymore. Or just, or just get on with it. Cause yeah. it's not going away. <laughs> Good. Well, on, on that note, we'll pause there. We're going to come back and we're going to do another episode on what we call the rethink way. So mm-hmm. how we process our data, um, how we think that makes the data great and brilliant for our clients look at examples some benchmarking and have a bit of a a tour into the future so video episode number one done i don't think it's been too drastic although um we'll see what feedback we get and we'll catch up on the next one thanks simon